Hello. Hello! Welcome to Sit for a Spell, a podcast where we discuss the lore, the traditions, and modern practices of the occult. Learn alongside us as we explore the many ways the witches of today observe their craft. So grab your book of shadows, light your candles. It's time, time to, to sit, sit for a spell. Hello. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Sit for a Spell Podcast Crossover Edition. Yeah, crossover with Too Scary Didn't Watch, a horror movie podcast. Um, we had so much fun doing this episode. So much fun. Um, basically, we went, we um, we met and we talked to the lovely ladies over at Too Scary Didn't Watch about their interest and their experience with witchcraft and the occult. And then we uh, recapped a scary movie for them, um, which is sort of what they do over there. Um, so that was really fun. Um, mm -hmm. I had a really great time. What about you, Jess? Oh, loved it. They're wonderful people. So um, sweet. So, so fun. Sweet. Um, so yeah, take a listen. You can um, follow them at TSDW pod on Instagram. I know they also have a Patreon. Um, so definitely we'll definitely link their show and their Instagram um, in the show notes. But yeah, we just we had a wonderful time with these ladies. So we hope you all enjoy as well. Yeah, we hope you enjoy the spooky movie. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch Sit for a Spell crossover podcast episode. Ooh, extravaganza. Emily. It's an extravaganza. <laughs> I'm Emily from Too Scary Didn't Watch. I'm too scared to watch scary movies, and I'm ready to learn about witchcraft. <laughs> I'm Henley. I am also too scared to watch scary movies. I'm from Too Scary Didn't Watch as well. And wow, I am so excited to be here with you guys. I have lots of questions and I know we are going to learn a lot about witchcraft. So I'm pumped. Um, I'm Sammy from Too Scary Didn't Watch. I like watching scary movies and I have been dipping a toe in witchcraft, a little baby witch here. Um, mm. So I'm also very excited to talk to you guys. I have some questions and some uh, fun little stories to tell you about things that recently <laughs> happened to me. <laughs> I'm Jess. I'm from Sit for a Spell Podcast. I'm super stoked to be here. I love watching scary movies. Um, we'll talk about it. And I'm James from Sit for a Spell Podcast. I also love scary movies and I am so excited to be here. Wow, we nailed Yay. that, I think. We yeah, did good it. Luck good it. luck to everybody yeah. listening, telling all our voices apart. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> there are five okay. of us. We sound pretty much exactly the same. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We, we wish good. you the best. We wish we you the best. We wish good you the best. With that. <laughs> best of luck. Um, okay. So I want to tell you guys that I was doing a really sing ritual the other night where you write things down on a piece of paper and you burn it. And I almost set my house on fire. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I set off the fire alarm in my room. It just like got a, the, the fire got a little bigger than I was anticipating. <laughs> and literally Wait, everything. Do you put it like in a trash can or like, where are you putting the items that you're laying on fire? I have like a little bowl that I had water in and oh, okay. 
Um, but the paper was just too big. It was too just too big, too big of a piece of paper. He released too many things at once. Almost I mean, released. Congratulations. Everything. You're like a witch. Cause I mean, I think we've all done that before you. And then you're like, okay, maybe this time I shouldn't mm-hmm. do this. Like in the middle of my house. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't burn down my home. I don't yes. want to release that much. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's more than I would like to take off. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, can you tell me a little bit more about what this is, Sammy? So are you like writing down things that you want to let go in your life? Like what's the intention? Yes. So the things that I've kind of gravitated towards in witchcraft, and I'm still, you know, very much learning, but has been kind of moon magic rituals. And so I, I've been doing stuff on the new moon and the full moon. We just had a uh, solar eclipse Mm -hmm. and I don't know. I read somewhere that that was a good time for releasing rituals. So mm-hmm. yeah, you, um, yeah, just kind of so much of witchcraft has been for me, or at least what I've been leaning into is like almost therapy and like self-help. It's mm-hmm. I think not a coincidence that I started going to therapy and doing witchcraft at the same time. It's like such a great way to get to know yourself. And there's something called shadow work that I do a lot of where you're, you know, as you could infer from the, what it's called, you like are looking at your own shadows and dark parts of yourself um, or not dark parts, but yeah, like, you know, the parts, or, the parts that yeah. you generally were like taught to sort of like hide away mm-hmm. or like suppressed mm-hmm. emotions, yeah. trauma. So that's great. Trauma. Like I, I would say like I began my shadow work it, with therapy as well with psychotherapy, like talk therapy because yep. therapy, uh, I, I'm pretty sure like we've all been to therapy, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. really like you all know, makes you confront yourself and you cannot like bullshit your therapist. <laughs> like they will call you on everything. Like the way you, I think that's the difference between talking to your friends and talking to a therapist. Like your friends would be like, no, you're fine. Like he's an asshole. Like you're great. Whatever your therapist would be like, mm, maybe we should work on this and this. And like, have you noticed these tendencies? So that's a great introduction into shadow work because mm-hmm. shadow work is really looking at those parts, traumatic parts of your life or things that we've been told we shouldn't bring up, you know, yeah. things you keep in the shadows. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily, uh, we don't really like to talk about like light and dark because we don't think there's like positive or negative, like the negative emotions, mm-hmm. like anger or depression, things. They're not really negative. We're just we're taught that they're negative, but if you are depressed or if you are sad or if you're angry, it doesn't mean you're bad. Those aren't bad emotions. And that's what we've been kind of taught like all of our lives. Yeah. So it's pulling that bad out or that bad and Mm -hmm. seeing why it's there in the first place so that you can be um, more open to whatever you want to experience. So that's kind of not like weighing you down in the background in your subconscious. How long have you guys been practicing? Um, personally, probably like as long as I can remember, like even before Mm -hmm. I had a name for it, I think a lot of, I think a little girls, especially practice like witchcraft, you like mm-hmm. mix yeah. sticks and mud and, you know, you're like wishing <laughs> and you're, he loves me. He loves me not like on the little, you know, flower mm-hmm. petals and stuff. Yeah. But I remember my first like spell, we talk about this on our, like our get to know us episode mm-hmm. was in like the fifth or sixth grade. And there was this 
girl who was really mean to me and I was like I'm gonna get that bitch so <laughs> there was this spell and she was like the smartest girl in class and I was like the second smartest girl in class so I was like, no way so there was a spell where it was like you had to do it on a full moon at midnight my uh my dad took me to like an occult store I don't oh, know what great. like a 10 year old was doing but I was like he didn't know what very I nice supportive dad yeah so then it was like the book was like it has to be a full moon it has to be at midnight you take a dollar bill like you I still remember you light each corner on fire and like say these words and then you have to give the dollar bill to the person oh and then they have to spend it and then when they spend it whatever you kind of yeah your intention kind of comes through so in my mind I was like I'm gonna be the smartest girl in class like she her name was Misty oh my god oh wow (laughs) I just remembered that like Misty's not gonna get any answers right and blah blah blah. so I remember that day in class I dropped it behind her chair and I was like did you drop this like dollar bill she's like oh yeah that's my dollar and she took it oh clever he must have spent it like at lunchtime or whatever and then the rest of the day she got all the answers wrong she like didn't get anything right and she was always like one of like Hermione like I know I know but like the whole rest of the day she didn't get any answers right and I was like I'm a witch. I'm the most powerful queen in the world. And then there's like a whole thing where like some people believe like, especially if you're like a baby witch, like your power can be washed away like in a shower. So like if she took a shower that night, it would have washed away, which she came back the next day and she was fine. But I was like, I need more dollars. I need to find some more dollars somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And keep giving course, her a dollar every day. Yeah. James's first spell would be a hex on someone. a revenge spell. <laughs> yeah, that's extremely the craft. Like yeah, every single part of that, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. All right. I was so into it. That's and ever so since funny. then, I was like, yeah, just been doing, I've moved on from just hexing people and to working on myself, but yes. <laughs> That's so funny. I started similar age, just like little things. Um, and my mom had always noticed, but my first one was, um, I think it was like a lost key to my diary. And like, I did like this whole spell because I wanted to find the key. I found oh. it. It was cool. And then I did like another one where, I did the same one, but for like my neighbor's cat. And then the cat came back and the cat could have just come back. I don't know. We were like 12. So (laughs) it could have just happened to come back, but still it was nice. It was validating. (laughs) That's our two personalities right there. She's like, I want to help my neighbor find their cat. And I'm like, this bitch is going down. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's something for everyone. We balance each other out. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Definitely fun. Have you been doing more, um, Sammy? Um, what have you been doing like on the full moons and stuff? Have you been? I've it, Honestly, so much of it has been like journaling, meditating, grounding stuff. And so I've been doing intention setting on on new moons and mm-hmm. more kind of just reflecting, maybe releasing on on full moons. I've been doing a lot of candle magic. And so I'm oh, like, nice. I started making candles specifically with like you know each each color means something different each herb means something different and oils and that that kind of thing um I've been enjoying that um 
There's yeah. so much that you can get into. So much. Yeah. So much. If you like to cook, you can be like a kitchen witch. If you like mm-hmm. to garden, you can be like a green witch. There's like everything. There's, There's everything. Every, everything that you like to do. Like um, Emily, I know you like to make clothes, right? Is that, yeah. So like you can mm-hmm. use that like as part of <gasps> your your craft you can use like anything you oh can, my gosh stitching oh. runes into yeah. like hems uh, i would oh die. shit <laughs> i'm about to start putting all sorts of things yeah, into my protective runes into your clothes mm-hmm. wow if you have, i was gonna like, say sammy did show me i haven't done yet but i i thought you were gonna say i really like taking baths yeah <laughs> and so sammy uh-huh. has sent me like some bath magic which i'm very mm. intrigued by we have a ritual bath episode if you <gasps> did. i'm listening i'm listening um <laughs> yeah i mean i think like so much about my understanding of witchcraft is which is not a ton but it, it just feels like yeah like leaning into your strengths harnessing what works for you and like improving upon that and accessing that power. Yeah. Um, which also is, makes sense to me why people historically have been so scared of witches because it's, it's just women owning themselves. (laughs) And that's a very scary thing for a lot of people. Not that witches have to be women, but just historically that that was, yeah. Yeah. Um, The idea. We, we rant a lot about organized religion. (laughs) Um, And I think the difference between like religion and spirituality is like religion puts the power in like some all knowing, like, Mm father in the sky like sky daddy you know (laughs) but spirituality like you (laughs) like you are the power in spirituality you get the power from yourself and of course you get it from your sisters or your you know the the earth and you know different things that you use but it comes from within you and if you want to like worship or ask or honor someone there's like deity work and Mm -hmm. goddess work so if you are comfortable wanting some umbrella of power like you can do that too and that's usually a really good transition between like organized Mm -hmm. religion when you're like transitioning out um to like replace one dude Mm -hmm. with like someone else (laughs) well it also still feels like it's it's your choice then even still mm-hmm. like you yeah you seek out the deity or you find what resonates right. it's still like i do feel like mo- i mean not that you can't choose religion some plenty of people do but for most of us i do feel like participating in organized religion is just something you were brought into and mm-hmm. are told this is what's true and i think there's a lot of power i mean people can certainly um make active choices in their in following organized religion yeah. etc but um yeah it the thing the about which part to me something is you just come up in yeah, yeah. as opposed yeah. to making the choice of like oh i be- i believe this and here's why or this feels mm-hmm. right to me mm-hmm. and it's always good yeah. to have that no matter like what realm yeah. we're talking about mm-hmm. and i think it's not a it's not a coincidence that historically like in times of like great turmoil spirituality tends to become more popular mm-hmm. which i think why it's it's become much more popular recently because people feel helpless you know you're there's a pandemic and we had our shithead of a president you know the former president and there's just as a person you feel so small there's only so much you can do so spirituality tends to grow in times when there's a lot of uncertainty Mm -hmm. which it's definitely happening right now Yeah. yeah and paganism uh wicca it's a pendulum um 
and you can see it kind of like swing back and forth and the pendulum is long, but like the swing, um, but it does have a clear historical swing and we are definitely in the upswing, the upswing, which yeah. is interesting. Sammy, you mentioned that you are a baby witch. What does it take to graduate to being? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just when you're ready, when you want to say it, when you yeah. feel it, when you feel yeah, it. Yeah, when you feel it. When yeah. you feel in the power fully. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, keep us updated. I want to know when you start <laughs> yeah. feeling. And the great thing about being a witch is like, all it takes is for you to be like, I'm a witch. Mm -hmm. Like, mm, ta-da, it mm -hmm. happens. <laughs> like, abracadabra. Right, yeah. and so much of it was stuff that I was already doing, like mm -hmm. we've, Emily and I, we've done tarot for a while and I'm been into astrology forever. All that's like part of witchcraft. Mm -hmm. And so there were a lot of things I was like, oh, I was like doing witchcraft then I didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. We like to say that do. everyone is witches and yep. they just don't everyone know. Everyone is witches. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. witches. Yeah. <laughs> you just didn't know it. Yeah, I mean, we do, we blow out our birthday candles and make a wish. Like that's, that's witchcraft. a witchcraft, right? Like, <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Everything. Wow. Have you been in a Catholic church? Have you that's some witchcraft? Oh they <laughs> yeah. do witchcraft in witchcraft. there for sure. Drinking blood and, and eating body. That's witchcraft. Yeah. Swinging witchcraft. incense up and down. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're doing Rose. rituals. You're you're praying. You're putting your intentions. Praying is just intentions. You know, like mm -hmm. everything is. It's everyone is witches. Everyone we always say. I love we're it. Gonna put it. We're gonna put it on a shirt one day. Yeah, that's I, an I, alternative. Alternative <laughs> podcast name for sure. Everybody is witches. Yes, everyone is witches. <laughs> well, and you said you both love scary movies. Yes. Yes. What, yes. Have you always loved scary movies? Is this been an adulthood thing? No, always, always. always. Okay. Yeah. I grew Did up in like a really like loosely supervised television home. Like <laughs> just do like go to the occult store, watch whatever <laughs> yeah. you want. But yeah. Burn yeah. dollar bills at midnight. <laughs> Who cares? Like do what you got to do. Yeah. You know, like we, um, I have, there's, I have, there's five of us in my family. Um, so we, all of us, we love scary movies. I don't know what it was. I don't know how it happened. Um, we grew up watching, God, everything. I like, when I told my siblings I was going to be on this podcast, I was like, tell me some movies we used to watch, like as a kid, because I can remember some. And the list like kept going on and on and on and on. <laughs> and it was like Poltergeist and Halloween and um, oh my God, just everything. Like I, the, it was like literally like a two hour conversation. I was like, how did we, why were we allowed to watch these things growing up? <laughs> No idea, but it was definitely something that was always on in our home. Yeah, same. What did did you zero. see anything that like traumatized you as a child? Like absolutely, was there that... yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. What stands out? In okay, so this is a movie that I have not seen since I was since it traumatized me. But and it's gonna sound stupid because it's probably not scary. But it's called Tales from the Crypt, Demon Night. Okay. Oh, so is it is it like a sequel to? Because we did. I think it's one of the episodes. Is it? No, it's a movie. So Tales movies. from the Crypt did like their TV show, but then they did a mm -hmm. few movies. They did Bordello of Blood, which is not appropriate for children. Um, <laughs> they did uh, Demon Night, which stars Billy Zane. Oh my God! <laughs> cool. 
Wow. And I think, <laughs> is it Halle Berry? Oh, I, that could be wrong. But um, anyway, I don't, I haven't seen it since then, but the demons in that movie, like, scared the fuck out of me and like I had nightmares for like a month and I never watched it again but then in my brain I was like hmm I like this feeling like so I've been like chasing that feeling ever since then and I refuse to watch it because I'm like it's probably not scary and I don't want it to ruin ruin the rem- the memories I'm like memories the memories of me being traumatized because it's probably not that scary but I just remember Billy Zane and that probably is where he was like the villain. And that's probably where I got like my unhealthy attraction to like the villain. She loves, <laughs> she loves a villain. The bad boy. <laughs> I can change him though. I can change him. <laughs> I had to have been in like fifth grade. We were at, I was at my friend's house. We lived on a cul-de-sac and um, they just started watching uh, one of the Freddy Krueger movies. Mm, oh, so scary. Uh, it was the one with the, uh, what's it called? Q-tip? I don't, like, the Q-tip goes all the way. Oh, it's, no. Oh, oh no. Horror. Oh, just, the fourth I one? can't even, I have no idea. I just oh. know there's a Q-tip involved, and it's horrible. And I was just traumatized. I'm still scared of him. I still have not watched a single Freddy Krueger movie since the fifth grade. He's scary. What's that funny is nasty. we were talking about, when I was telling my siblings about this, we used to always watch... Nightmare on Elm Street, the fifth one, I think it's called, I don't remember what it's, it's like, the the premise is like the girl gives birth to Freddy Krueger <laughs> and like brings him into like our unit and there's like a church and all that. Sounds then, like a typical uh, fifth sequel sort of idea. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I guess maybe she gives birth to him. Uh, <laughs> you know, why not? Is, is Freddy Krueger, are those the ones where the sequels get more and more like funny? Like they almost are like just kind so of. absurd yeah. by the end. That he becomes like, much more like jokey. Like, you know, he's like, yeah, bitch. Like he calls people bitch a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, this is the, the Freddy Krueger one. <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, I looked it up. It's Jada Pinkett Smith, not Halle Berry in that movie. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Do you have a type of horror movie that you like the most? Like home invasion movies ghosts. or ghosts? Ooh, love a ghost. I love a slasher. Yeah, she's a slasher. Halloween is like probably my favorite movie, even though it's not scary. It's mm-hmm. oddly like comforting to me. Like I'll put it mm-hmm. on and just like snuggle up in bed and be like, hmm you know, like Halloween. I just, I, I literally could probably tell you beat for beat that entire movie. And like, Mm -hmm. I know probably all the words and everything. It's one of the movies we watched all the time as a kid, like over and over again. So it's, uh, Michael Myers is like, uh, he's he's like really near and dear to my heart (laughs) this is this is now maybe going to be a theme on on our podcast is asking people about their comfort horror movies because this has been coming up now and again and we it's kind of new but it makes like people have horror movies that are just comfort films for them yeah oh yeah 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 but uh the others with nicole kidman oh my god have you guys done that movie no we've had it requested uh-huh. a lot we're gonna have to do it one day we, we've, got, we've gotten so, so close several times so good oh, so good so i good. love a good child ghost um, mm. they're the best yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ghosts oh, are good, good and they're ghost. so scary because they're like 
real. Like it can really happen. Like a slasher, I think I like because it's like, what are the odds of like a, a killer is going to be like on the loose in my town? Like while I'm while I'm babysitting so, and you know <laughs> that's so funny because most people would say one of those is actually real like one of like a slasher like a real person who could murder you yeah that's true like Henley does not believe in ghosts at all so it's like most people would think well yeah a ghost isn't real a, a slasher that's a murderer but I love honestly I'm with you I love the thought of being like ghosts are more pervasive than a, than a Michael Myers yeah yeah <laughs> like anybody could get haunted yeah. And like I you're think, in your home yeah. when you're being haunted. Like that's your exactly. safe space. Yeah. Exactly. Like leave me alone. You're not and like, to be here. I think I watch ghost movies. Like I listen to true crime. Cause like I listen to true crime. There's like that thing where it's like women like to listen to it so that we know, right? Like mm-hmm. what if, what can you do? What can you avoid? And like, I watch ghost movies for the same thing. <laughs> like mm-hmm. what should I look out for? Studying How up. can I get yeah. rid of You're like, I would never do that. I would never yeah. do that. That was a <laughs> mistake. Get some sage. <laughs> Get some sage. <laughs> what are you guys waiting for? <laughs> yeah, never antagonize. You know, there's steps you can take yeah, with yeah. a ghost. You can't really reason with a, with a murderer. You yeah. can maybe reason with a ghost. True. Just find True. out what happened yeah. to them, how yeah, you can solve the mystery. Michael Myers doesn't care what no, you're doing. You can't get him away with some sage. I will say The Conjuring is probably one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Oh, to this day. Beautiful. I still can't watch that at night, I think. Like the clapping and the, yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. That's one of my scariest ones too. Yeah. I also really love another of my like comfort movies, which I know I've heard you guys talk about. Um, Sammy is the descent. Mm -hmm. I love the descent. I guess that would be my comfort horror. Yeah. I love it. Um, I have, I have this like really specific memory with it. It was when Blockbuster was going out of business and we, my brother and I, and my boyfriend at the time, we went to Blockbuster and we had like $20 and it was like those, you know, 10 for 10 packs. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you didn't know what they were, but it was just like, these are all horror and these are all rom-coms or whatever. So we bought like a 10 for 10 pack of horror. And then the whole weekend, that's all we did was just, mm. we, we closed the blinds and we was dark and we got snacks and we just watched horror movies all weekend. And we knew nothing about any of them. And one of those movies was The Descent. Mm -hmm. And we were just like freaking out, like flipping out. And like me and my brother and my boyfriend were all like hugging each other. And we were like, what's (laughs) happening? We were screaming when they show the creature, we screamed. And I love that movie, especially because I think because it's tied to that memory. Yeah, that's a trauma film for me. (laughs) Fair. That that caused nightmares. Yeah, that's horrifying. But it's very good. well done. Beautiful movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Gorgeous. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> the, reds, <laughs> the reds and the whites, you know. Um, festive, honestly. Um, <laughs> should we then, is this the, a good time to talk about the movie that you guys have picked <clears throat> yeah. for us to do this week? Let's do, do it. it. Let's, Let's jump do in. Do it. Okay. We are going to be talking about Shutter Island. Uh, pulling up my little facts about this. It came out in 2010. It is directed by Martin Scorsese. Sezi? Yep. What do people say? Scorsese? Scorsese. Scorsese. I say Sezi, but I feel like some people go Sezi and I'm like, oh, am I stupid? Mm. Is it Martin Scorsese? Fancy, I don't know. No, 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 no. Those people Sezi. are stupid. 
Um, those people are stupid. Thank you. Officially, you heard it here first. Um, does it was written by Leda Calogridis, and and that I said perfectly. That was um, perfect. Based on Shutter Island by Dennis Lehane. Um, it stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Mark Ruffalo, Ben Kingsley, Michelle Williams, Emily Mortimer, Patricia Clarkson, and Max von Sydow. Wowee. What a cast. It's a star studded cast. Incredibly, incredibly star studded. Um, It. Oh, let me tell you what it has on all of its things, all of its ratings and reviews. It has a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes, an 8 point. Oh, sorry. 63% on Metacritic. And an 8.2 on IMDb. IMDb loves this movie. That's the opposite of most things. Truly, truly. That's Um, high. Yeah, that's really high. The budget was 80 million. The box office was 295 million. Damn. Well done. Well done. So they did well up until. Uh, congrats congrats to martin up yeah. until uh up and coming martin scorsese <laughs> up and coming it was his highest grossing film up until wolf of wall street it was his best <laughs> box office smash wait what year did it come out again did you 20, say that 2010. 2010 2010 2010 okay um yeah it's uh i had never seen it i watched it this week it's very long. <laughs> I did. I, I mean, you know, this Martin Scorsese's movies are always incredibly long, but yep. truly I was, I think I was in a weird headspace when I watched this. So I'm just going to preface my, all my thoughts with that. But I, t- I paused it cause I had to pee and I was like, this movie's probably almost done. And I hit pause <laughs> and I was not even halfway through. It was like, what the fuck? Like, I, I was like, how is yeah. this? How? It's, like, it's like two and a half hours long. It's, it's very long. It's so, very and, long. And it and so much happened. I just was like, because we were like reaching, I guess, the midpoint. And so yeah. I was like, this feels like we're getting somewhere. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I paused. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, when I was taking notes for this, I was like the same thing where I paused it and I was like, my notes are already like six pages long and we're halfway through this movie. Like it's a big movie. What is happening? It's a big movie. And it's like it's so packed with detail and like everything's important because of what happens later. And it's just. I'm sorry, you guys. This is going to be such a long episode. Look, we're in it. We're in it. I'll, I'm going to give a little bit of trivia, but not much. Because as we said, this movie is eight hours long. Um, uh, Martin, Mark Ruffalo won the role of Chuck uh, after sending Martin Scorsese a fan letter saying how Aww. much he wanted to work with him. Wow. Cute. Cute. Pretty cute. And this is the only movie of the partnership between Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio that failed to receive any Oscar nominations. Oh. Um, for Gangs of New York, Aviator, Departed, and Wolf of Wall Street, all got Oscar nominations, including Best Picture. The Oscars one, hate horror. They, they do. definitely do. They yeah. definitely do. We've talked about this. True. So just just gasp because your cat is I, oh, okay. Yeah, it's so funny that you noticed that. <laughs> she's in the window. Oh, she's up on the couch. <laughs> yeah, she'll she'll come close. Usually you can see mine, Hi. but you can't with my filter. But my cat, you'll hear her because she's she's crazed. I get Maybe really cat excited because I can't have a cat because my dog's an asshole. Oh, oh, well, Mabel is in frame a lot, and yeah, she'll, she's in 
Emily's lap for probably part of this. And well, Sammy's she's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, um, there's a cat. Sammy, oh, there's a cat. <laughs> Another cat. <laughs> so I'm curious to know why you guys selected this movie, what your relationship is to it. Obviously, we got to freaking get into it. But I am I am just curious about it. What your relationship is to um mine specifically is um not much um <laughs> i like the movie i remember being surprised by it so i figured that would be fun mm-hmm. and um when i when i first okay i'm gonna like all cards on the table when i first like listened to your podcast and i was like <gasps> I really want to be on this podcast. And I was like, oh, we could do this movie. Oh, we could do some. And then I'd be like, oh no, they already did it. They already did it. They already did it. Like going through everything. So then I was trying to just think of stuff, something that would be fun. Um, not that this movie is like particularly fun, but um I just thought it would be like uh it's surprising, I think. So yeah. I think that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's that great. Surprising. That's perfect. Yeah. We yeah. won't we won't say why just yet, but you, yes. when you, when it happens, you'll, you'll know. know. Yeah, you'll know. You'll, <laughs> you'll know. Too. You'll know. <laughs> um yeah. well, I mean, I think oh, we should watch the freaking trailer. That's yeah, what we should know. do. Let's yeah. do this. I've never watch seen the trailer, one. so Me neither. Do it. Give you a briefing about the institution. All I know is it's a mental hospital. But they're criminally insane. Gentlemen, welcome to Shutter Island. You are hereby required to surrender your firearms. We are duly appointed federal marshals. But during your stay, you will obey protocol. Is that understood? We take only the most dangerous and damaged patients, ones no other hospital can manage. These are all violent defenders, right? They've hurt people, murdered them in some cases. In almost all cases, yes. We try to provide them with a measure of calm. Personally, Doctor, I'd have to say screw their sense of calm. So this prisoner escapes in the last 24 hours. We don't know how she got out of her room. It's as if she evaporated straight through the walls. We haven't heard the truth once yet, but no one will talk. It's like they're scared of something. It's all down, all the lines, even radio. Whatever the hell's going on here, it's bad. We need to ask you some questions, okay? Do you know what fear does to the mind? Corrodes it, rusts it. This is a game. You're a rat in a maze. Who did this to you? Going somewhere? I've built something valuable here. I'm not going to give up without a fight. What if while you were looking in at them, they were looking into you? Now they have us both here now. Let me see your face. Let me see your damn face now! Double, Wouldn't you agree? When you see a monster, you must stop it. <gasps> Scary. Ooh, that's, that's a, a good, good trailer. trailer. <laughs> yeah, that's a good trailer. It definitely gives you the vibe of what the movie feels like for sure. Yeah. But it doesn't give away too much. It really doesn't. It, yeah. it, I, again, when you got three hours, how could they give away enough in, yeah, in two minutes? <laughs> um, but they, it is. It's a good trailer. 
It is. So many nasty cuts. The lady with the slit throat and those staples yeah. in the face. I did yeah, not that like face that. Is gross. Ooh. Yeah. My favorite thing is Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Ruffalo's adorable trench coats with those huge, 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 they huge, look great. huge arm pads. Yeah. And really <laughs> fat <laughs> ties, like the fattest, shortest ties you yeah. ever saw. Yeah. And the accents, a lot of good accents yep. in this movie. Scorsese yep. loves an accent. Yeah. Love I can't wow. just be like, I can't even do it. He's like, uh, I'm a U.S. Marshal. Like, <laughs> deputy. <laughs> With deputy Deputies. marshals. Yeah. <laughs> I need to see the warden. Federal marshals. <laughs> That's good. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Oh. Let's, yeah, get let's, do it. It. let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay. So uh, the movie starts. Um, we see Teddy, who is Leonardo DiCaprio. He's throwing up in the bathroom of a boat. He's, he's seasick. So he's just vomiting. Um, and then he like gets himself together. He like gives himself a pep talk in the mirror. He's like, get your shit together. You know, he goes out to the deck and then we see Mark Ruffalo, who is Chuck. They introduce themselves to each other. Um, and then we kind of learn that they're U.S. Marshals. This is their first time working together. They get to know each other a little. And then there's a lot of like in the movie, there's a lot of like flashbacks um, of like from Leonardo DiCaprio's life. So we get a, like a quick flashback of Teddy and his wife, Dolores, who's Michelle Williams. And she's like helping him get ready for work. She's putting on the, his tie and that's the tie he's wearing in the trailer or in the movie. The short, fat one. The short, fat one. The <laughs> ugly one. Yeah. Um, he, Teddy tells Chuck, um, oh, his, I don't know how it comes up, but he's like, oh, talking about his wife. He's like, yeah, my wife died in a fire, but he's like, but it was the smoke that got her, not the fire. He's like, you know, that's important. Like the smoke killed her, not the fire. Like he's really like honing in on that. Mm. And then the captain of the boat comes out, tells them they're almost to the shore. He's like, but you got to leave quickly because we got to leave because there's a big storm coming. So like get off because we're out of here. Mm. They get to the island. They meet um, Deputy Warren McPherson, who's John Carroll Lynch, who is excellent in this movie. And he's excellent in everything. Yeah, what he, else is he in? I recognized him. He's a he's that in guy. The invitation. Yes. Mm, yeah. He's the guy at the end of the or like the Okay, yes. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. He, he is a that guy. He's he's a that guy for sure. <laughs> um he Teddy tells he remarks like to the warden, the deputy warden. He's like, everyone seems on edge. Like, what's going on? There's like a bunch of guards, they have their guns out, everyone's kind of like staring at the marshals, like what's going on. And McPherson tells them that yes, they're on edge because we learned the reason that the marshals are on the island is because one of the patients escaped last night and that's why they're there to help them. So they drive up to the facility in like one of those old Jeeps, you know, and then they see this big brick wall and there's this barbed wire. And then Teddy says, oh, it's electrified. And Chuck is like, how do you know that? And he's like, oh, I've seen it before. I've seen this type of setup before with the electrified fence. And also the music in this movie is like crazy dramatic. Like, <laughs> like it's like, bomb, bomb, like crazy. Inception. Yeah, <laughs> truly. Like, yeah, yeah, truly. It really is. So then they get up to, um, it's called Ashcliff. It, like sometimes they call it Shutter Island. Sometimes they call it Ashcliff. I think the name of the hospital is Ashcliff, but the island itself is Shutter Island. Is that? I think that's true. Okay. Is this a, I want to know if this is like a real place where they shot because the in the trailer it looked uh, I kind know. of that's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, it looked I, like a because um, history person here. Um, it looked like a 
a fortress, like a wartime, yeah. like mm-hmm. that so, star it, shape is like a fortified shape for like battles. Well, mm. funny you should say that, Jess, because oh. we learn that it is an old Civil War fort. Ooh. See, mm. I knew so, it. There we go. There we go. She's a history person. Thank you. Um, So McPherson tells him Ward A is for the men, Ward B is for the women, and Ward C, which is like the original fort, is where they have the most dangerous patients, Mm. Um, men and women. All the super dangerous ones go in there, and that Teddy and Chuck are forbidden to go in there, like not allowed. He makes them give up their guns, and um, there's a funny moment where um, Chuck. Mark Ruffalo has like a hard time getting his gun like out of his pocket. And then Teddy looks at him like, you fucking idiot. He's like, he doesn't trust him. It doesn't seem like, cause he seems like he's new almost. Okay. Yeah. He's not like sold on his new partner. Mm-hmm. So they, we get a little intro into Ashcliff. It's a mental institution for the criminally insane. You heard it in the trailer. It's like where the most dangerous people go. People are people that other places couldn't handle. They're extremely dangerous. And he um, McPherson says they're damaged as well. Mm. So that's why they're so worried about this one escaping because everyone who ends up there is like not cool. They're not a good person. So this is where we hear about Dr. Colley and he's the mastermind behind the program. And that's who they're going to meet right now to sort of talk about the person who escaped. And then they do show some of the patients on the ground. They're all like chained up and they're kind of gardening and they're not alone. They all have like their own guards with them, each patient. And that's where they, we see that woman with like the really sparse hair and like the, the cut on her neck. She has like a, like her, like her um, throat has been slit almost. Yeah. Wait, was that, Emil, was that Emily Mortimer or was that someone else? No, no, no. Uh, that's okay. Not her, no. Okay. Okay. Um, and I don't think they ever show that woman again, do they? They don't. Yeah. She, oh, I think okay. it's just to like set the tone. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Scary. It is. It's spooky. It is. Yeah. She like puts her finger up and she's like, shh to him. And he's like freaked out. It's, <laughs> a, it's like all slow-mo and yeah, it's mm-hmm. scary. So they go up to meet Dr. Collie and it's like crazy secure. They have to like show their badges and their IDs and like you have to go through like all these gates. And then we meet Dr. Collie, who is Ben Kingsley. And then McPherson um, leaves. So then Dr. Colley starts telling the marshals about his vision for the patients that back in the day, what they used to do was just like beat the patients. They used to tie them up and like leave them in the dark and they used to electroshock them. They would chain them up. They would dunk them in icy water, sometimes kill them while they were doing it. And that he, he doesn't want to do that. He's like, um, he says something like, I think that um, if you listen to someone, you can help them get better. And then Teddy's like, aren't these people like violent murderers? Like maybe who cares about what they need? Like they're, they're violent people. They're murderers. Who cares? Mm-hmm. So then they talk about um, the patient that escaped. It's Rachel Solando is her name. And she's there because she killed her three children by drowning them in the lake behind their house. Then she took them inside, arranged them around the kitchen table and had a meal with them after they were. Yeah. And you're going to really hate. Oh yeah. I'm so sorry. There's a, Jess has a newborn too. So it's it's, (laughs) 
there there's some pretty bad child death. There's a lot of so child sorry. Lot of talk about children. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You guys have warned me. And so now I'm just disconnecting from yeah. my emotions and yeah, I feel yeah, disassociate yeah. and I my emotions, my emotional part of my personality has left the room. Amazing. <laughs> Perfect. That's gonna work. It's a for really, this movie. really healthy tool I've developed. Yeah, I love this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Okay. So um Dr. Colley says that um her husband died on the beaches of Normandy, Normandy. So she's a war widow. And that when she was first brought to the island, she starved herself. She wouldn't eat. She insisted her children were wasn't weren't dead. Mm. Um, and then we get another flashback. So Teddy um, gets a, we get a flashback of a snowy like camp and then there's like frozen bodies on the ground. There's a train um, on train tracks with frozen bodies fall, uh, falling out of it. Mm. And then there's a little girl frozen with her mother. She's like lying with her mother on the ground. And then we cut back and Teddy like gets a migraine, like a quick migraine, a sudden migraine. He asks for an aspirin. He's like, oh, it's the seasickness I've been throwing up. And Dr. Clay's like, yeah, you're probably dehydrated. Like drink this, take this pill, this and that. So then we learn more about Rachel. She thinks her children are still alive. She thinks that she lives in the institution and that everyone who, who works there are all her neighbors and like milkmen and postmen, delivery oh, people, sad. all that. She says like, she's never once uh, admitted to what she did that they all sort of, they all sort of go along with it to just try to help her. Mm. Then, um, then they say like, we have no idea how she got out of her room. There's bars on the window. There's locks. There's a lot of guards between her and the door. They've scoured the Island. They can't find her. She's vanished without a trace. And like he even says in the trailer, like she, but she vanished within the walls or whatever. Mm -hmm. So then they go to Rachel's room and they look for clues. And then while they're there, Teddy says to Dr. Colley, he was, he says like, I don't understand how she doesn't know she's at an institution. And then Dr. Colley says, um, I wrote it down. He says, sanity isn't a choice. You can't just choose to get over it, which mm -hmm. I thought was like pretty profound. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like mm -hmm. I, right. I know. <laughs> um, and they find a loose floorboard and they find a note inside that says the law of four, who is number 67. And we don't know what that means yet. But That's Dr. a real clue if I've ever heard a clue. <laughs> That's like a, a straight up clue. Like a, like a clue clue. That is like loose clues. Like, like, a you clue. Got a, like a clue. Yeah. <laughs> like a full on clue. Hidden in a floorboard? Come on, baby. Yeah. That's a clue. You can't I get any more. Good clue. Can't get any more cluey than that. No. <laughs> okay. So then Teddy, uh, Dr. Colley tries to take the paper, but Teddy's like, no, like, I need this. It's a clue. Like my clue. <laughs> <laughs> my clue my clue not your clue no finders sharing. keepers <laughs> so then we get to see a little more of the hospital they kind of go through like the route she would have had to take um to escape but like all the guards are like super bored like they're tired they're like sitting on the rocks and just like they're yawning like not into it and teddy's like super annoyed he's like why isn't everyone like more upset about what's happening like why are why are the guards like not interested mm. and so mcpherson's like we we looked already and we can't find her there's nowhere else she could be it's 11 miles to the nearest island the water's freezing if she would have swam away she would have drowned and her body would have washed up ashore 
the island is like super like you saw in the in the trailer there's like cliffs everywhere like it's mm-hmm. not like a beach island like everything is cliffs there's no like mm-hmm. there's nowhere for her to go really mm-hmm. um they do look and see that there's like caves in the cliffs but they're like 50 feet up and so mcpherson's like no it's impossible like she never could have gone up there there's no way he's like nah no but we'll see maybe we'll see yeah (laughs) yeah there's a lighthouse sort of like off in the distance and teddy's interested but mcpherson's like no that's just like a sewage treatment facility or whatever he's like you don't need to go in there she's not in there um they start interviewing the orderlies um basically all of them are like no there's she couldn't i was here all night whatever and then there's one orderly who's like "Mm, i may have left my post for like a minute he's like i went to the bathroom he's like but it went really quick like there's no way like i was gone for like 30 seconds but it's like that's enough time um so teddy's like super annoyed he's like annoyed with everybody he's like nobody's taking this seriously like what's happening and dr collie's pretty pissed about it too um they sort of go over like Rachel's day. She was in therapy. She hated the food. Um, and she says, they say that Dr. Sheehan, Dr. Sheehan was the therapist over, um, I guess like in charge of the session that day. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Teddy's like, okay, well, where's Dr. Sheehan? And they're like, oh, he went on vacation. Like he left this morning. <laughs> like he, he had a vacation plan. So he just left. And Teddy and Chuck are like, we need to talk to him. Like, why did you let him leave? And then Dr. Collie's like, well, he's a doctor. He has to go on vacation. Like he had this planned already. And they're like, no, it's pretty suspicious. Everybody's very suspicious. Mm -hmm. They try to call him, but because of the storm, there's no, they can't like get a line out. Mm. So then um, Dr. Collie's like, I have to go do rounds, come to my house later. And like, we'll talk more. So then we cut to that. It's the evening. Dr. Collie's house also built in the war. It's like super extravagant, like dark wood everywhere and like plush and pillows and chairs and a fireplace. And it's like super nice. And they come in and then there's music playing on like a record player. And that triggers another flashback for Teddy. Mm. So this time we see people standing in the snow behind the barbed wire. They're wearing striped pajamas. Um, Yep. So we're led to believe this is the Holocaust. So this mm-hmm. is like a concentration camp. Mm-hmm. They um, we cut back to the house and it's Teddy's talking about the music. And he says, oh, I know this music. It's Mahler, which is a German um, composer. Mm-hmm. And then we hear a voice from a chair near the fireplace. And it's Max von Sydow, Dr. Nahring, 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 Nahring. Not ring. Oh, I just kept right. I wrote Max von Sydow in my notes the whole time. Yeah, like, <laughs> Max von Sydow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he, we see him, and he's like ominous, and he's like, you know how his presence is. He offers them a drink, and then they both they make jokes about like marshals and psychiatrists like being professions of drunks. You know, like they're um, they're just like are giving each other shit. And then there's another flashback. Um, and the, it's an office and there's a picture of Hitler on the wall and there's like papers flying everywhere. There's no people being shown, but there's like just papers going everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then it goes back to the fireplace and then Nair, 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 Nairing, Max von Saito, 
<laughs> he tells the men, he was like, you guys are men of violence. He's, he says like, you're not violent men, but you are men of violence. And he guesses like you've served in the war, you've seen violence. And this is all intercut with like more paper in the office being thrown around. And then some of the paper lands in pools of blood. Mm. And then it's like back and forth. And then we see a Nazi on the ground in the middle of the blood. And those American soldiers around him, like going through all the paperwork and stuff. And then we see Teddy come into frame and over the Nazi and he has a gun slung on his back. And then he looks down at the Nazi. He looks out the window and we see all the frozen bodies like on the ground. And then he looks over and there's a record player playing the same song that's mm -hmm. being played in uh, the present. And then we go back to the Nazi and the Nazi's like reaching for a gun. That's like just off to the side. It looks like he tried to kill himself. Like he tried to shoot himself, but it didn't work. So he's like mm -hmm. reaching for the gun to like finish the job or to shoot Teddy. And Teddy looks over and he puts his foot on the gun and then he slowly kicks it out of place so that he can't reach it. And then he watches him like slowly die, like slowly bleed out. Oh, yeah. It's pretty heavy. So then while we're sort of seeing this, Teddy um, and, and Max Monsido, they're just sort of like going back and forth. They don't seem to really like each other or like trust each other. And then Teddy's getting really annoyed. And then he starts, he asks the doctor if he's ever seen a death camp. And the doctor's mm -hmm. like, what? And then Teddy starts talking about Dachau mm -hmm. and he starts speaking, Teddy starts speaking in German. And then he's like angry about it. He's like getting heated. And then he's like, your English is very good. Like your English is pretty good, but you're hitting the consonants pretty hard, which is, which is typical of German people when they're learning English. And so then him and Chuck are like, Chuck is like, you're German. Like you're, what are you doing here? You're like, this is right after the war. So he's like a German doctor. They don't trust him at all whatsoever. But Max von Sydow was like, what? I came here legally. Like, is that a crime? Like, I came here. I just immigrated, blah, blah, blah. So Max von Sydow then tells him, like, you know, I know you want to you want everyone's personnel files. You want to talk to everybody. But the board has voted and you can't like you're not allowed to see anybody's personnel files. Like, it's just not going to happen. So then Teddy's like, OK, well, you know what? If you're not going to help me, the investigation's done. We're leaving. Um, let's get out of here. We're going to be on the ferry the next morning. We're out. So then they leave like nobody trusts anybody. Mm. So then Teddy and Chuck have to go, um, bunk with the orderlies in their quarters, I guess. And then he, Teddy tells Chuck, like, I'm bluffing. I know that they're going to let us see the stuff they want to see, but I just want them to think we're leaving because something has to happen. And he's like, I don't think um, I don't think Rachel got out on her own. I think somebody helped her and I, we're going to find out why and who. So when he goes to sleep, we get another flashback. There's, I guess it's a dream. Mm -hmm. We see Michelle Williams. She's like in her apartment in the city. Um, she's scolding him about his drinking. Um, he says, she says he has to drink because of all the people that he killed in the war. There's like ash and like soot like floating around in the dream like all over them as they're talking but it's like very warmly lit it's like dreamy mm. and nice but everything slowly starts becoming like more covered in ash then she turns around to him and she goes she tells him she never left she's still here 
and he walks over to her. And then when she goes out to look at the window, there's like a gazebo and like some water. And she's like, remember when we went to the cabin, like how wonderful that was and this and that. And she's like very smiley and dreamy. She turns around and she's like super serious. And um, when she turns around, her whole back is like charcoal. Like she's Mm. burned like from the inside. And then she turns back to him and um, she's like, you can't leave. And he's like, I won't leave. I promise. And then he goes and he hugs her, like goes up behind her. And she says, I'm not here, but she is. And so is Latus. So we, we don't know who Latus is yet, but that's a person. And then he hugs her from behind. And then as he's holding her, we kind of saw that in the trailer, she turns into ash Yep. And then like disappears and she turns into ash and like what he looks down and there's like water all over his hands, like dripping. And then he wakes up and like there's water dripping from the ceiling, like all over mm-hmm. him because of the storm. Mm-hmm. So the storm is here. It's too bad, too bad for the fairy. So they have to stay whether they were bluffing or not. Mm-hmm. They have to stay. OK, they meet with Dr. Kali again. And then he um, tells them more about his methods. He talks again about wanting to treat them with um, like dignity. He's like most most places just want their patients docile. They dope them up or they give them lobotomies. They don't think they should be listened to. Like, I really want to help my patients. I just don't want to like to drug them up and put them in a corner and like, you know, then the problem solved. Um, he tells them that Rachel was on some of these drugs, but they only worked for a little bit of time. And the only way that she's going to get better is to confront what she did and accept it and move on. Matetti's like, who cares? These people are crazy. Like, what are you wasting your time for? They interview some patients and some of them are uh, interesting. They tell some like pretty disturbing stories about like why they're there. Um, Teddy's pretty confrontational with them. He's not interested in hearing what they have to say. Then he starts asking them about um, someone called Andrew Latis. He starts asking them, like, where's Andrew Latis? And the patients are like conf- confused to like, they don't know what to say to him. So some of the interviews, the patients kind of all seem to be saying like the exact same thing. Like they're all just repeating the same like talking points to him. And he is getting upset and Chuck doesn't seem to notice that, which makes Teddy more upset. And um, he's mm-hmm. just like, I don't know. He's, he's just very frustrated with everything. So one of the patients asks Chuck for a cup of water. So he gets up and like gives her water. And then when he does that, she grabs his um, Teddy's paper and run like scribble something on the paper and then gives it back to him really quick. And then um, I know this has nothing to do with anything, but I noticed (laughs) that Chuck gave her a cup of water and then she doesn't drink from anything. She like goes like this, like literally with her empty hand. Like I took a picture of it. Too. Did you Wait, notice that? Yes, I, 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 yes, she like pantomimes, but then there is a cup of water but on. She, but then she, there is an empty cup of water. But like in, I took a picture of it in the movie. She goes like this, like with her hand, like, like empty. improv style, like empty that, cup. and then she puts it down, and there's a cup. It's. It was so I was like, weird. what is happening? Like, Whoa. what does <laughs> like, this I mean? I almost feel like they accidentally used, yeah, like test scene. Or yeah, like, or like the like her like hand the was supposed to be in instead yeah. of like 
it is because it I, I spent about a while being like was that intentional is it but yeah. I, re- I think it was a straight up mistake it's i think it's so was weird mistake. you would think like martin scorsese wouldn't like make a mistake like that but Everybody it was really weird i'm gonna send you guys that picture because yeah it's, it's weird really weird Thank i watched you. it I was, like three times yeah I, was, I when it happened i was like i imagine that because there is a cup there now wow yeah. great it great. was weird okay <laughs> good 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 not just me. okay okay so then um teddy asked her about latest two and um whatever she doesn't know so then later on chuck is like who is this latest person like you keep talking about this person what is it and then he's like um well latest is the maintenance man who set fire to the building that killed my wife Mm. like and i specifically asked for this assignment because i know he's in this facility and i want to talk to him He's like, he's been keeping track of him. And I know he got admitted here because he got off when he killed the wife, but then he killed more people. And so they put him in this facility. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, he was admitted here, but now I can't find record of him. Like he was here and now he's disappeared. So I need to find mm-hmm. out what happened to him. Mm-hmm. So we also get a, a look at the note that the patient gave to Teddy and it says run. It just says like, um all caps not, not a great sign mm, you don't want to get that note Mm-mm, less a, a clue one. and more a direct no. uh, or a direct warning. request yeah <laughs> yeah the first clue was fun this one not so less much fun. yeah okay so they go out i don't know why they do this but they go out into the storm and they're like looking at a graveyard i guess they're looking for like a maybe a gravestone that has latest's name on it I don't, I didn't understand why they did that. They, they were looking, they're like, uh, the, the only, best place to hide a dead body if he's dead is like where no one would think to look, which mm-hmm. is the graveyard. So they oh, go okay. to the graveyard, but then the storm gets really bad. Yeah. So they have to go inside. Yeah. They go into like a mausoleum or something. Yeah. Like they get just, stuck out mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. and Teddy, they're, they're, they're stuck there. So they're just talking and Teddy's like, I swear I'm not here to kill latest. He's like, starts telling him about his time in the war. And then there's another flashback. He's like, the SS guards really surrendered when we got there. We took their weapons from them, but then we lined them up and shot them anyway. Mm. He's like, you know, they show like all of that. They are just lined Mm -hmm. up against the fence. And then they all just, they're, the SS guards are not armed, but they are all killed anyway. Mm -hmm. So, and then he tells him about that commander that we saw, um, who was reaching for the gun. And he's like, I, I watched him die for like over an hour. He's like, I, I could have, he could have helped him and killed him, but he didn't. And he's like, I've had enough of murder. He said, um, they, they see more, um, bodies of the women and children in the snow. Um, he tells, but then he tells Chuck, he's like, I, I've murdered men and I've had enough murder. Like, I just, I just want to see if latest is here. Mm-hmm. And he says the reason he knows latest is here is because he spoke to an ex patient of Shutter Island. His name is George Noyce. And he was brought to Shutter Island, but then he was allowed to leave. And then when he was released, he killed again. And then when he was arrested, he begged, George Noyce begged the judge to put him in prison and not send him back to Ashcliffe. He's like, I do not send me back there. Put me in prison. I do not want to go back there no matter what. Mm-hmm. So Teddy thinks that 
Latus is here and he's vanished because he thinks they're doing experiments on their patients on Shutter Island. Mm. And the fact that um, Max von Sydow is German kind of solidifies that for him. It's like bringing right. more of that. So he says, crazy people are the perfect subjects. No one will listen to them. And he says, like his time in the war and in Dachau showed him what people are really capable of and that if it's happening here, he's going to stop it. Right. Mm -hmm. So Chuck starts getting really paranoid and like starts getting really um, like aggravated. And he's like, what? He's like, what are you talking about? Like, this is all government. This sounds like government. Like, what if? He's, he's telling Teddy, like, what if they faked all of this? What if Rachel Solando like never escaped? What if they faked it to get you here? Mm -hmm. And they're sort of, it's like escalating, escalating. And then the doors of the mausoleum like blow open and the crazy wind, like jump scare. And then it's the deputy warden. Like he's there to save them. He's like, we're here. Like the, the storm is crazy. Like, let's get you guys back to the, the ward. So they're all soaked. So they have to give them the orderlies clothes, which are those white clothes that you see them in. Mm -hmm. And they go to see Dr. Colley again. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Dr. Colley is um, in a meeting with like a bunch of board members, but they barge in and he hears them arguing with what to do with all the patients in Ward C because the storm is crazy and the power is going in and out. And the board members are like, we need to chain them down. Like we need to chain them in to where they are because if the power goes out, they're going to escape. <sighs> and Dr. Colley's like, if we chain them and it floods, they'll die. Right. Like, they'll all drown. And then they're like, that's a chance we're willing to take. Like mm. either we God. chain them or the power goes out and they all escape and we die because they could potentially kill us. And so you kind of see yeah. what Dr. Colley's up against when it comes to these board members. And Teddy interrupts and he hears, um, because he hears them talking about, oh, there's 42 patients in wards A and B, and then there's 24 patients in ward C. And um, Teddy's like, that's a total of 66 patients. And he's like, Rachel's note says, who is number 67? He's like, mm. there's suggesting there's another patient mm -hmm. around here. And Collie's like, mm, like, that's, that's not right. Oh, and by the way, Rachel's been found. Like we found her. So you guys can leave like problem solved. <laughs> oh, wow. Bye. Great. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, we forgot to tell you. So sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. Just kidding. Oh, by the way, that thing you came here to do, we did it for you. <laughs> Fine. So then we meet Rachel. Um, she is in like remarkably good shape. <laughs> they kind of try to get information out of her. And Teddy's like, oh, there's a known communist in the area. And, you know, we need to know where you were so that we can know that you were safe and not in his area when he was around here. And she's like, oh, well, I made breakfast for my kids this morning. And then I sent them to Aww. school. And then I went for a swim in the lake. And then, and then she like switches. And then she's like, I think she thinks Teddy is her husband. Mm -hmm. she walks up to him and she's like oh I'm so lonely I've been thinking of you and she hugs him and they're hugging and he like really hugs her back like really tightly and then she gets upset and she's like my Jim is dead like who the fuck are you like I buried him who are you and then she starts like breaking down mm -hmm. so then they leave they all go back to Dr. Colley's office and Teddy gets another migraine and Colley's like oh here like I have more like more aspirin for you like here you can take this we'll go down to the basement everyone is down there to ride out the storm um like it's all cool like super chill let's do it 
So then we all go down there and then we see the warden for the first time, the actual warden. And he um, does not look super chill. He's like, <laughs> he's like an ex-military looking dude. Like super crew cut, like yeah. flat top head. Yeah. And like guy stone cold face. Like he looks like, I don't know, not cool. Not super nice. <laughs> um we get more flashbacks or dreams because Teddy is kind of like out of it a little bit. So he lays down and we get more dreams. Teddy is walking through Dachau. There's more dead bodies on the ground. The same little girl and her mother in the snow. Um, Teddy kind of stares at it. And then the mother turns into Rachel. Mm. And then the little girl who's on Rachel opens her eyes and then she stands up. And then she says, you should have saved all of us to mm. Teddy. And then um, the scene switches and he's in Dr. Colley's office and we see a man sitting on the chair where Max von Sydow was and it's Latus. And that's the guy with the big scar from, oh, right, right, right. from the um, trailer. So Teddy kind of confronts him and Latus gets up and Latus is like, I know how much you need this. And he takes a flask and he gives it to him. And then Latus turns into Chuck holding the flask. And then we hear a scream off to the side and we turn and it's Rachel and she's covered in blood. And they, um, she's like smiling. She's like almost giddy. And she's like, can you give me a hand with this? And then we look down and like all of her kids are on the floor dead. Mm. And Teddy goes over to her. Um, and he's like, oh, I could help you, but I might get in trouble. And then she's like, no, it's okay. But she's, it's, it's very creepy. Cause she's like, she's like almost excited to show him what she's done. Right. Mm. She's like happy about it. And so then he picks up the little girl and he's like, I'm so sorry to the little girl. And the little girl looks up and she's like, why didn't you save me? And then he looks down at her and he's like, I tried to, I got there too late. And then it switches to him at a lake and he has the little girl in her, in his hands and he lets her go and she floats away and Rachel comes up behind him and she goes, Oh, aren't they so beautiful? And the little girl is like floating away. And then Teddy wakes up. And so he wakes up because the door opens to the outside and the storm is still going outside. And then somebody walks in and it's uh, Dolores, his wife, Michelle Williams. Mm-hmm. And she takes off her hood and he goes, why are you all wet, baby? And she replies, Latus isn't dead. He's here. You have to find him and you have to kill him. And then she goes to him and she kisses him and they embrace. And then he wakes up again for real. Mm. All that was a dream. Dream within a dream. Dream. Pre, pre- we love to see it. Yeah. Pre-inception. Dreamception. <laughs> yeah. And the music is crazy through all this. It like changes from like crazy, like the inception music to like, really dreamy like really romantic like building music it's mm-hmm. it's all over the place but it's good so um when chuck wakes um chuck is there when teddy wakes up and he tells him the backup generator failed all the security is down and all the patients are loose oh, <laughs> walk outside and people and the patients are like running around yeah out. they're like no. trying to tackle them <laughs> they're like they're like come on come on come on they're like get me get me <laughs> it's pretty funny um 
So they decide like, Hey, this is the perfect time. We're going to go like, let's go into ward C like, let's go see what's going on. So they're dressed like orderlies. So they're blending in. So they, they make their way in like pretty quickly. Nobody says anything. And it's really dark in there. It's like, there's no lights or anything. And there's water dripping everywhere from the storm and it's dark, long hallways and everything. So this is probably like the scariest part because it's so dark and because there's um like killers on the loose yeah um which i guess is more realistic than i thought initially (laughs) (laughs) it can't happen happen. if you end up like in a a, um institution for the criminally insane it's very possible very possible Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah so there's a guard he approaches them and he's like um there they have all or most of them there's a couple loose he's like if you see one don't confront them because they will kill you like just let us know where they are we'll come get them but like hey good luck like go look for him <laughs> so they're like okay so they start walking around um it's super creepy there's like screaming and like there's water dripping the lights are flickering on and off but teddy's like convinced that latest is here he's like we're gonna find him there's a jump scare a patient jumps out at them and he goes tag you're it and then he tags them and he runs off um and he's he's only wearing sh- like pants he's not wearing a shirt at first i thought he was naked but yeah, he wasn't. yeah. um teddy runs after him and loses chuck and then teddy's like walking around and he's like looking everywhere and it's dark and it's scary and you hear more screams and he's going into a stairwell and then the patient jumps up and he gets teddy in a choke hold and he's like choking him and then they start talking about like h-bombs or atom bombs Mm -hmm. things like that all the patients have like an obsession with like the atom bombs it keeps coming up they keep talking about it because they keep saying like why would I want to leave here? Like, have you heard about what they're doing on the outside world? They keep talking about things Mm. like that. Mm. But then Teddy gets control over him and he starts like really beating him up, like beating the crap out of him. And and then Chuck comes in and a guard and they stop him. And then the guard is like, Chuck, help me take this guy to the infirmary. Like he was like, you're supposed to help. You're supposed to get him, like not kill him. So they, we, we find that like Teddy has like a bit of like an anger issue, which we've Mm -hmm. noticed throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. So Teddy's alone again. And he starts making his way down another, uh, nasty hallway. It's, it's disgusting. Definitely nasty. Yeah. Um, there's whispers and then you hear like latest, latest. And then we're like, what's happening? And there's flickering and screaming. And then he starts getting, um, what are they? Matches. Mm. That's the only light he has. So it's pitch black. And then he flicks a match and then it goes out and then he does another one. And then as he's doing it, he's passing all of the, the cells and we see people in their cells. Some of them are naked and they're crying. One of them has like a cut and he's like taking the blood from his arm and like writing on the walls and they're like rocking themselves back and forth and they're just not well not well at all but you keep hearing latest latest and he's like getting closer and closer and then there's a man in a cell so he gets to the man and it's the man that's whispering latest Mm. and he gets a match and he puts it in and we see the man he's like let me see your face like let me see your fucking face turn around and blah blah blah. he turns around and he doesn't have a scar Mm. he's just a regular looking man and but teddy's like george noise like what are you doing here it's the guy from 
the other, the ex-patient mm. from oh. before. Okay. The one who did not want to come back. Right. Mm-hmm. So George Noyce, he made his way back. He tells Teddy, like, this is all your fault. Like you did this. This is because of you. Like this, you're the reason why I'm here and this and that. And he says, um, he says, you're not investigating anything. Um, you're a fucking rat in a maze. And he says, they haven't left you alone. Have they, you have a new partner you've never met before. And Teddy's like, yeah, but I trust him. Like I trust, he's a marshal. I'm a marshal. He's a marshal. And he's like, well, if you trust him, then they've already won. And he says, they're going to take me to the lighthouse and they're going to cut into my brain. And I'm only here because of you. And then he tells Teddy, he goes, you have to let go of her. She's dead. And then he starts hallucinating his wife behind George. Mm -hmm. And George keeps yelling at him, like, let her go, let her go. Or you'll never leave this place. You have to let her go. And then George's face is like fucked up, like as if he's been beaten up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like Teddy's his face like, is like kind of yeah. deformed. Is yeah. George Jackie Earl Harley? Is he Rorschach from Watchmen? You guys know? I, I think I know. didn't watch Watchmen. I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's all beat up, and Teddy's like, they did this to you, like the guards beat you up and this and that. Um, so Teddy realizes, or he thinks to himself, um, if Latis isn't here in Ward C, then he must be in that lighthouse. That's the only place he hasn't checked. So Chuck finds him or they find each other. They leave the ward and they make their way over to the lighthouse. Um, Chuck tells Teddy, like, I am. Chuck tells Teddy, I found Latest's intake form. Yeah, because Teddy's like, where were you? Because now he's suspicious of him. He's like, where were you when we were in there? He's like, oh, I went to to find the uh, Latest's patient intake form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's getting very suspicious of him. Um, he's like, here, here's the intake form. And Teddy's like, I'll look at it later. Like, no, no, I want to make our way to the, to the lighthouse. And Chuck's like, you don't need to go in there. Like, what are you doing? It's too dangerous. The tide is too high. Like, don't go in there. Whatever you do, don't go into the lighthouse. And Teddy's like, forget it. You stay here. Don't come with me. I'm going. And he makes his way to the lighthouse on his own. Um, and if you can believe it, this is the moment where I was like, okay, I have to pee. And I hit pause and realize <laughs> we're at the midpoint. Oh, <laughs> but it no. picks up a lot. It from picks here. up a lot from here. It, go, lot. it goes a yeah. lot quicker, but, Drew, a, but just so you can understand like where my head was at there's in a, this moment, there's I was a, like, what <laughs> there's a lot less like detail that needs yeah. to be given from here on out so it's, it's gonna like, go a lot faster we've hit the top of the roller coaster and now we're like go 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 yeah, go yeah, yeah. but just so you know in terms of actual time yeah. spent yeah halfway yeah i think i did that when he got into ward c and i was like yeah okay we're like okay we're now? probably about done nope yeah nope mm-hmm. nope nope sure aren't no sure aren't. <laughs> okay so teddy gets to the lighthouse but the tide is too high and there's no rocks or anything that he can go on. So he's like, okay, I'm going to go back to Chuck. We'll come back later. I'll come back later or whatever. He goes back to where he left Chuck, but Chuck is gone. But he sees a cigarette like near the edge of the cliff. Cause this cliff is like, I don't know, like a hundred feet high, like 200 feet high, huge, like huge. He sees a, a cigarette on the edge of the cliff, which they've been smoking throughout the entire um, movie. There's even a point where their cigarettes get um, wet. So they give them new cigarettes. Cause like, I don't know, back in the day, you had to have your cigarettes. And he looks over the edge of the cliff and he sees an outline of a body wearing white clothes on the the rocks at the bottom of the cliff. 
So he's like, mm. oh shit. So he starts climbing down this huge rock face and he gets to the bottom and he sees when he gets there, it's not a body. It's just like discoloration in the rocks that looks mm. like a body wearing mm. white clothes. So we don't know where Chuck is. We don't know what happened to him yet. Um, he looks up to try to like decide how he's going to get back up. And then about halfway up, he sees one of those caves and he sees what looks like a fire inside the cave. He's like, okay, here we go. He climbs up, he goes there's inside. There's like 10,000 rats also. I just feel oh, like yeah. oh, yeah. there are yeah, there's so many so rats. Many rats. I don't know he's what just was, like walking and climbing. just like, like he doesn't yeah. care, but there's just so many rats. So many rats. I don't know what was with Sorry. the rats, but they serve no purpose. And they Thank came from you. nowhere. But he's a rat in a maze, baby. He's a rat oh. in a maze. So smart. I did not get that. But <laughs> I only got yeah. that because when I was every time I talked about that, I was gonna watch this movie, my boyfriend would go, You're just a rat in a maze. <laughs> saying that line. So for what it's like one moment in the movie, but it, for me, like, it's oh the whole rat. Movie. It's a movie about rats. Uh, so thanks to Joel for that. <laughs> um, yeah, so he makes his way up to the cave. And when he gets in there, we see a woman and she introduces herself to be Rachel Solando. The other one was a fake. Okay. So Rachel says, um, I shouldn't be here. I was never married. I've never had kids. Um, I was never a patient here before I was a patient here. I was a doctor oh he said she said i used to work here and he goes oh you're a nurse and she goes i'm a doctor yeah thank you thank you Rachel. <laughs> yeah, thanks dr salando to you dr salando yeah um and she says to um teddy she says once you're declared insane whatever you do is declared part of that insanity reasonable protests are denial valid fear becomes paranoia so she tells teddy terrifying she was, truly right? helpful yeah. and like so true. Mm -hmm. um, she tells Teddy that she started questioning the surgeries, the lobotomies, the drugs that they were giving everybody. She says that she was she thought it was barbaric and she wanted things to change. And so they put her in there to silence her. And that since she is declared insane, no matter what she says, she's crazy. Don't listen to her. So she tells Teddy there's experiments happening. There's brainwashing. People are being programmed to do horrible things. Like I couldn't think of the word like assassins, you know, like the ones that yeah, have like, like trigger words. It almost reminded me of um, like in but she was talking about like what they do in, in like the born movies where that's like yeah. you take someone who is like a like, you know, violent and you, you brainwash, brainwash them. them to be able to do whatever you want them to do. Right. She's like mm -hmm. saying they're basically doing that. Yeah. She's like stuff they would never do anyway. Like they're, they're brainwashing them into doing these horrible things for them. Mm. And she's like, um, she's like, now that you're here, they'll never let you leave. And she's like, you have some tragedy in your past. Right. And he's like, well, yeah, everybody does. He's like, no, but you have tragedy and that's what they're going to point to, to commit you. And that they've been drugging him ever since he got there. She's like, you ate the food, right? Like you've been smoking their cigarettes. You've been drinking their coffee. She's like, have you been getting headaches? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, you didn't take any pills, did you? And he's like, I took aspirin. She's like, nope, like that's it. They have you. Like everything's drugged. It's too late. You know about the experiments. Everyone knows about the experiments. Like 
everyone. She was like, you have tremors, right? She's like, it takes like 36 hours for the narcotics to take effect. Like, and he like looks at his hands and his hands are shaking. And she's like, you're fucking done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, mm, that's it. And then he's like, no, someone will help me. Someone will help me. Not everybody has to know about this. Like there have to be good people here. And she's like, no, everyone, every other oh, orderlies, the nurses, the doctors, everyone like you're done, dude, you're not going anywhere. Rat in his baby. Rat in a maze. Rat in a maze. Baby. It's a movie about rats. <laughs> We're all rats in a maze. <laughs> um, so cut to the next morning. Teddy wakes up and the storm has passed. And Rachel's like, you got to leave. Like, I'm on the run. Um, I never stay in the same place. You got to get out of here so I can leave. They can't find me. And she's like, trust no one. Not even um, like there's no one to help you. Don't trust anyone. Not even your partner. Like nobody. Yeah. He's walking back to the hospital. And as he's walking back, we see the warden again and he picks him up in his Jeep and they ride back together. And it's really like odd and tense. And the warden's talking about like violence and like being a man of violence and God loves violence. He's like, why else would there be so much violence if God didn't love violence? And he says something like, um, like if I, if I stood between you and a meal, like you would crack my head open and eat my meaty parts. And you know, like, he's just going off on this like weird religious violence tangent. And then he tells Teddy, Collie thinks that you're harmless and you can be controlled, but I know different. And then he drops him off at the ward and um, Teddy finds Dr. Collie. So they're, they speak a little bit about um, George Noyce. And Dr. Colley tells him, oh, he's a paranoid schizophrenic and, you know, don't don't listen to anything he says. And he's like, now that Rachel's been found, you can go. And um, Teddy's like, yeah, I'll go. Like, I'm on my way out. I just have to find my partner. And Dr. Colley responds, what do you mean? You never had a partner, Marshall. Like you came here alone. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Teddy's like, uh, oh yeah, you're right. I never had a partner. Like, you're right. No, no worries. Like, I'm just gonna go change. Like, I'm gonna go take a shower and I'm out of here. Like, he just wants to get the fuck out of there. So he goes to change and get out of there. But then while he comes out of the shower, there's a guard like guarding his escape, like his way out. So he kind of sneaks out and um goes like a back way. And when he's going the back way, he runs into Max Ansido. And then he's like going somewhere, Marshall. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got to catch the ferry or whatever. And they're talking and Max Ansido reaches into his like um, doctor coat or whatever into his pocket. And then Teddy um, kind of sees what he's doing and he overpowers him and throws him against the wall. And then he reaches in and grabs it and it's a syringe. And he's like, what is this? What is this? And he's like, it's just a sedative. It's just to relax you. Like it's, you'll be, you're fine. And, um, he tells Dr. Um, Max Bonsaito, he tells, um, Teddy wound. He starts talking about like trauma and like the Greek word for trauma or the German word for trauma means wound. And he Mm -hmm. says, wounds create monsters and you are wounded Marshall. And when you see a monster, you must stop it. And then Teddy stabs him with syringe and knocks him out Mm. and he escapes. So Teddy goes outside and he finds a car and he sees his wife again. He starts hallucinating. I think Rachel even tells him like hallucinations are part of the drugs that they gave you. Yeah. Have you been hallucinating? Tremors. Yeah. Yeah. Why he's seeing things. 
um, his wife is telling him like, you got to go, you got to get on the ferry. You have to leave. But Chuck is like, um, Teddy's like, I have to find Chuck. Like if, if the world thinks he's dead, then they can experiment on him. And I can't let that happen. Like, I can't just leave him here. Mm. He's like, I have to get to that lighthouse. I have to stop everything. He takes that tie, the same tie, the, that his wife gave him, mm-hmm. he puts it into the, um, gas n- nozzle thingy mm-hmm. and Exhaust pipe or whatever tail pipe. Yeah. Where you, where you put the gas and then he lights it on fire Mm. and then the car explodes. But while he's waiting for the car to explode, he sees that little girl from before and she's walking over to Dolores, the wife, and then she holds her hand and then they both stand and look at him and the car explodes and then they disappear. Okay. He uses this distraction um, to get to the lighthouse because everyone's like making their way over to the exploded car. So he goes the other way, goes to the lighthouse. He has to swim across to the lighthouse because the tide is high. He makes it. There's a guard. Um, He knocks out the guard and takes his gun. He goes inside the lighthouse. Um, But like, you know, you go in a lighthouse, it's just like stairs. I mean, I assume I've never been in a lighthouse, but all movies movies just show stairs. (laughs) So he starts just like going up to level by level, checking all the rooms as he goes up. But like all the rooms are super small and like tiny, like there's nothing in any of the rooms there's no equipment no patients completely empty he like knocks on each door and nothing yeah he's like his gun there's nothing and there's like no sounds no no like screaming nothing Nothing. Mm. so he finally makes his way all the way to the top he knocks down the door and then when he knocks it down we see sitting behind a desk dr collie and dr collie looks at teddy and he says why are you all wet baby and then Teddy's like, what? What did you just say to me? He's like, you know what I said? He's like, you know what, Teddy, that gun is empty. Why don't you just come and sit down? Like, let's talk. And then you look over and there's a recording device. And then um, he picks up the phone. Dr. Collie picks up the phone. He goes like, yes, it's here. Have Dr. Sheehan look at the guard before he comes up. And Teddy sees Dolores again. Dolores is like, you have to leave. You have to get out of here. And Teddy's like, hallucinating still but then he tells dr collie i found rachel she's in those caves but she's gone you'll never find her she told me everything about what you guys are doing here i know everything that's happening i'm gonna blow the lid off this place and this and that and dr collie's like um i know we'll never find her but we'll never find her because she's not real Hmm. and teddy Hmm. tells the doctor i know you've been drugging me like i know everything rachel told me everything i know about the drugs and Dr. Colley's like, well, the symptoms you're experiencing aren't from being drugged. They're withdrawal from drugs, from your medication, the medication that you've been on for the past 24 months. And then Teddy's like, you had somebody coming to my house in Boston for two years and drugging me. He's like, this doesn't make sense. And, and then Dr. Colley's like, no, you haven't been in Boston for two years. You've been here as a patient for two years. Yeah, 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 yeah. He tells him, poor Leo, you were a U.S. Poor Leonardo DiCaprio. Poor Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. <laughs> if you have sympathy for anyone, it should be Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, <laughs> always. always do. <laughs> so he tells him, you were a U.S. Marshal, but you've come here as a patient after your crimes. You've been living mm-hmm. in a fantasy and been denying your crimes since they happened. Um, he goes on to show us that his name is not Teddy. Um, what was his name? Edward something. Edward Daniels. Edward Daniels. Your name is not Edward Daniels. Your name is Andrew Latus. And he shows them it's an anagram 
for each other. Um, Ooh, I love like how um, <laughs> I am Tom Riddle becomes yes. Lord Voldemort. <laughs> yeah, just like that. They were inspired by that. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know it. You know it. Also, Rachel Solando is not real. His wife's name is Dolores Chanel. Oh. Also an anagram. Oh. And Shutter Island is an anagram for truth and lies. Oh my God. What? Okay. So is that anagrams. true? It's really? according to IMDb trivia. You kept great. that from us until this moment. <laughs> this, <laughs> this bitch loves anagrams. For real. <laughs> I love an anagram. Okay. So then he tells him, um, Andrew Latis, him, is in fact the 67th patient at Ashcliff. It's mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. He was committed for a crime so terrible that he created a new life for himself. He basically goes to, on to tell us like the whole story of the movie again. There's a patient escaping. You're having hallucinations, your dreams. There's experiments, cover up um, your partner, George Noyce. He tells him he beat up George Noyce. Mm-hmm. because he called him latest and that um, he's hurt other patients and doctors and orderlies for using the name latest that he refuses to be Andrew latest and anyone who calls him that like feels the wrath. Mm-hmm. Um, he then goes on to tell him that all of this has been like one big giant, like role play experiment, like one final chance to come back to sanity because that same board has decided that Teddy will be lobotomized mm. if he doesn't come back to sanity so that he can't hurt anyone else. Wow. Yikes. Um, he tells him like, you're the most dangerous person here. Yeah. Oh, and like, he's like, yeah, I think around this point and then Andrew Teddy is like, what about, what about Chuck? What about my partner? Yeah. And, and then the door opens behind him and in mm. walks Chuck. But Chuck is not Chuck. His name is Dr. Sheehan. He's uh, Teddy's psychiatrist. Uh, mm-hmm. Not on vacation. Not, not on vacation. On vacation. <laughs> Far from it. Very this much not still. a vacation. Having, Very much a still bit working. of fun. A bit. Yeah. A bit. Yeah. Being a role play experiment. Play. <laughs> he always wanted to be an actor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he gets to live that out a little. Okay, so then he like Teddy seems like he's coming around a little bit and he's like calming down. He's like, okay, this and that. But then he like jumps up and grabs the gun off his his Marshall's gun off of Crawley's desk. And then he's like um, just yelling at them again, like none of this is real. You guys are messing with me and this and that. And then Collie's like, well, he's like, shoot us then like shoot us. If you don't, if that's your only way you're going to get out of here is to shoot us. And he pulls the gun and it's like really weird because it shows like the doctors getting shot, but not reacting. And there's like blood on the walls, but mm-hmm. they're not reacting to getting shot. And then it cuts away and then it cuts back and there's no blood on the walls. Like it's, he's like hallucinating it. Mm-hmm. And then he like pulls, he like holds the gun and he like, and he's able to like break it and it's plastic. Mm-hmm. And um, Dr. Sheehan's like, um, yeah, it's a toy gun. Like we would never give you a real gun. gun. Yeah. Like, no that way. makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Sheehan tells Andrew, Teddy, the names get a little, I think, mm-hmm. a, you know, Leo, Leo, <laughs> yeah. Mark Ruffalo tells Leo, um, he says, you're sick. And Dolores was sick. She was suffering from de- de- severe depression. 
He says, you guys moved to that lake house after she set fire to the apartment. Mm -hmm. And then um, Leo gets crazy and he pushes uh, Mark Ruffalo against the wall. And he's like, you don't talk about her. Don't talk about my wife. And then um, Dr. Colley comes up and he's like, look, look, look. And it's pictures of his children, his dead children. He's like, look at your children. Look at your children. Look what she did to them. One of the children in the pictures is the little girl from the camp. Mm, the little girl he's been seeing over and over his daughter his daughter Mm. rachel Mm. and he goes he tells him um collie tells him your wife drowned them at that cabin by the lake remember like you have to remember and then we get a flashback again so we see um leo get home from work disassociate henley disassociate yeah i'm I'm far yeah yeah okay good Good, good. (laughs) this is the worst part yeah (laughs) um we see him get home from work. He gets himself a drink. He's like, I'm home, like blah, blah, blah. He's talking about the case he was working or whatever. Um, he goes out to the back porch and he sees his wife under their like little gazebo on the swing. And she's just like sitting there like very dreamily and serene and calm. And then um, he, she gets up and walks towards him and he says, why are you all wet, baby? And she's like, giving him a kiss and she loves him. And she's like, I want to go home. Like, let's go home. And she, he's like, we are home. Like, this is where we live. We're home. And he's like, where are the kids? And she goes, Oh, they're in school. I took them to school. And he says, it's Saturday. Like school isn't in on a Saturday. And then she gets like a really like sinister look on her face. And she goes, my school is. And then he looks over to the lake and he sees all three of his kids floating face down in the lake that's awful he runs in and he grabs them and but it's too late they're all dead he tries to give them mouth to mouth to the little girl but and it's really sad he's like screaming and he's like no no he like grabs them all in his arms like all at once and no no. trying to let them go and he's screaming he's like no god like we know how good of an actor like leonardo Mm -hmm. DiCaprio. and he's like screaming and and yet no nominations no, no oscar nom I know. Uh, Martin Scorsese, you did not need to put this. <laughs> no. I, 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 truly, this I, this part, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, it's awful. It's awful. Awful. It's horrible to watch. Horrible. It's horrible. Maybe I felt why so he doesn't, bad to yeah. put you through yeah. this, Henley. Maybe this is so, why he doesn't have children. Yeah. This exact yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise, I think that. Leo is very well suited for parenting. <laughs> Other than this, I think he's he's good Everything to go. Else I, yeah, understand yeah. about him. I feel like the man yeah. needs a child. You could parent. <laughs> so then he brings them out of the water and he lays them on the ground and um dolores comes up and like sits in his lap because he's like on his knees on like in front of them or he's like sitting in front of them and he's like still crying like rocking himself back and forth and crying she comes and sits on his lap and she's like let's give him a bath like let's change their clothes let's put them around the table like we'll be a family they'll be our little dolls and we'll go for a picnic tomorrow and she's just like she's very serene and she's very good in this role she's Um, great yeah and he's like Dolores if you ever loved me please stop talking right now and she starts crying and she's like I love you I love you and she's like please set me free set me free and then they're like kissing and they're both saying like I love you back and forth and kissing and then we hear a gunshot and Teddy has shot Dolores in the stomach and killed her so she falls back and she dies and um he's just sitting there like looking at his whole family like just 
gone in an, in an instant. Oof. Jesus Christ. So then we're back. Yeah. We're back in the hospital and Teddy's waking up in his room and we see his nurse is the fake Rachel. Mm -hmm. Um, Dr. Colley asked Teddy, do you know why you're here? And he sits up and he says, because I killed my wife and because she murdered our children. Um, They quiz him some more about like the role play experiment. And he, you know, he basically seems like he's, he doesn't believe he's Teddy anymore. Like he's, he knows Rachel isn't Rachel Solando isn't real. He knows what he did. He's basically like, they've gotten through to him. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctor seemed like pretty pleased. He's like snapped back to reality. Um, but Dr. Colley tells him like, we've got, we got through to you once before and it didn't stick. So we're hoping it will stick this time because otherwise he knows he'll have to be lobotomized Mm -hmm. so then the next thing we see is andrew sitting on the steps of the hospital he's smoking a cigarette and um mark ruffalo comes and sits next to him and he's like hey how's it going and andrew's like hey like you know what's going on and then he takes a a drag of a cigarette and he's like we got to get off this rock chuck like we got to find whatever's going on here it's bad it's real bad oh and then mark ruffalo looks over at collie and he shakes his head he's like no like it didn't work and um teddy goes yeah don't worry partner like they're not going to catch us we're too smart for them he's like yeah he's like yeah we are and then he takes a moment and he looks over um andrew looks over at mark ruffalo and he goes what would be worse to live as a monster or to die as a good man and then he stands up and he walks toward the warden and um max Ansido, who are like walking toward him to come get him and um, Mark Ruffalo calls out, he goes, Teddy, uh, but he doesn't respond. He doesn't turn around, doesn't respond or anything. And he looks over at Kali and like just nods and he goes with the orderlies, like in the warden, no incident, nothing. And he walks off. He walks away to get lobotomized. And then the last shot we get is of the lighthouse and then the ominous music starts playing and then cut to black. Wait. Wait, okay, first of all, you were not lying when you said the second half went way quicker. It was way faster. Truly, way right? faster. It's, it's, it, yeah, you, it really yeah. is all down. And we just like, you don't have to tell like every it. single line of dialogue yeah. because it's the clue. It's, yeah, it's payoff, baby. It's payoff. Yeah, it pays off in the end. Okay, so is the implication that Leonardo DiCaprio is wa- choosing the choosing. lobotomy? I think so. I think it's that he does not actually slip back into insanity. It's just that now that he ha- is forced to reckon with what the reality is, he chooses not He'd to. He'd rather be lobotomized. He wants to, yeah. He doesn't and, want to deal with it. What's it kind yeah. of the implication? I mean, when you're lobotomized, you don't actually die, but I guess in a way it's no. a death because you're. Yeah. Uh, you become very like childlike, like yeah. very docile. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you lose a lot of your memories, but I think it just makes you very like serene. Well, yeah, I think they also don't really know what they're doing, right? Because we don't understand how. Yeah, I mean that right? can't so it's be a real fucking yeah. guess, right? Yeah, you mm-hmm. could be like living in a like prison in your mind, but we would never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, but, yeah. What a wild film! <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like it is very so sad. sad. So it is. Sad. I couldn't believe how sad it was. Yeah. I was so upset in that because also that scene of him coming home and finding uh, his kids. It's like 
10 minutes long and it is yeah. just it's like a really brutal burn like really slow Ugh. my question is what's the connection to the camps like is it the implication just that he was like had had that experience already he was yeah he was a soldier he did go to the camp so that was like probably his first like big trauma with yeah. having to deal with all of that and he's yeah. like an alcoholic they show him yeah, like he started drinking a ton that. when he got back from the war and so that's also mm-hmm. why he like didn't get his wife help. She burned down the apartment. He knew she wasn't well. She burned down the apartment, but he never really, that's why the kid is like, why didn't you save me? He has a lot of guilt that he let yeah. his kids be murdered because he didn't mm-hmm. help his wife, but it was because he had his own trauma. Oh, it's yeah. incredibly dark and sad. <laughs> it's a, okay. So when I picked this movie, I mostly remembered just the twist. It's a great yeah. twist. <laughs> yeah, it's a great and twist. And I was like, ooh, that's a fun twist. Like, let's do that. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh my God, this is so, <laughs> so brutal. So sad. It's much less scary than I remember and much sadder than I remember. It's yeah. kind of surprising how often that does happen, though. I mean, we, uh-huh. did, we did Jacob's Ladder recently, which was oh, very yeah. scary, but also really very fucking sad. sad. Yeah. Really, yeah. really sad. A lot of horror tends to be, unless it's like straight up like slasher or like gore, it tends to have Mm -hmm. some like sad. Yeah, Yeah, because that's the most traumatizing thing of all. And it also like does in a way justify a lot of gnarly shit. If it's Mm -hmm. just like, oh, this person is just like deeply traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, so in thinking about it today when I was taking notes, which I didn't need because you did an incredible job and you so did every single oh, thing. So so um, I was like, is this way too much? No, no, <laughs> no, yeah, it was perfect. Um, but I was thinking back and being like, so all these doctors and nurses and stuff for the, the two days were like, all right, I guess I'll do acting today. Like, it's like, it's so funny to yeah. think back about the, the yeah. nurse who's yeah. playing Rachel so, being like, I've been home. I just made breakfast for my kids. Like, oh, yeah. to a she man she knows is yeah. like deeply traumatized. Like, they're all just like, they have to go along with what? it. And it's funny Breaks to watch it because I, I <laughs> you know, I watched it a couple times because um, I watched it once just to watch it. And then I watched it to take notes and watching it again, like knowing the twist and like really paying attention. They show a lot. It makes sense why like all the guards are really on edge. Right. Because they're mm-hmm. like all the patients are like staring and they're like freaking out a little. Like you even hear one of the patients say like she says something like, I don't remember what I'm supposed to remember. I don't remember what I'm supposed to remember. She's like repeating it to herself. And yeah, you're it's like, oh, because huge... she has to like keep up this lie. Yeah. For this it patient. feels like pretty detrimental to everybody else there for to this go through this. Guy. Right. Yeah. Did they, they have, have like a pre-meeting? To it too. Yeah. yeah. Were they like, like an assembly? <laughs> they must have had do. some sort of assembly. Yeah. I, I really like thinking about the mechanics of like the lead up. Um, yeah. How <laughs> they saw it. Like, okay, you're going to play Rachel. And then there's another nurse that's like, oh, I wanted to play. I wanted to damn it. Audition. <laughs> Rachel's she the best like, My story was good. <laughs> that's the meatiest part. It also, <laughs> it really made me laugh thinking about too that like that scene where where Chuck, who is his actual psychiatrist, but in him playing the role of the partner, he's like, This is government ops. And what if they're all lying to you? It's like, yeah. is that really helpful to your patient who's having psychosis to like yeah. feed into more paranoia? <laughs> was that in the script? Chuck too like, into the role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, it's interesting to watch multiple times to see, to see that, to see that perspective of it. I Uh think it's interesting. Yeah. 
Holy shit. What a wild ride. What a wild, wild ride. ride. Yeah. Oh my God. It's well, so emotional. <laughs> truly. Oh, I disassociated. Yeah. I was going to say, how are you doing, part. Henley? Yeah. I am great. I've never <laughs> been better. I'm feeling on top of the world. Um, seriously. Good. Actually, though, that was such a good retelling. It was, it was great. It was great. Yeah. Oh, good. Yay. I mean, anytime you guys need somebody to come on, we are more than happy. I mean, I know I feel I know people have said this before, but it feels weird because I like talked the whole time. I felt like <laughs> I'm just talking. Oh, no, and talking. I know. <laughs> Especially this movie. It's like this is a lot to unpack. And you really yeah. you really did it. But yeah, anytime you did. need someone to come on, I really want to be what was what did Joel say? A oh, correspondent. 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 I'm gonna be him. I'm gonna be of of whatever the five version of that is. Five respondent. <laughs> five respondent. <laughs> Joel, the gauntlet has been thrown. Yeah. Let's do this. Enemies. Like I said, I've watched a, We've watched a million, million horror movies, so we're always happy to talk. Amazing. Love it. Love um, it. Are there, are there? Was there a good voice for us to do? I mean, yeah, we're deputy marshals. Oh yeah, well, marshals. <laughs> Uh, doctor just i think of like linda Dr. from bob's Burgers. like just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 from all of us here i can't do it i'm the worst at that <laughs> emily, emily yours was good yeah yours okay, was fe- good uh, federal u.s marshals from all of us here at damn it <laughs> too scary didn't watch and cipher a spell <laughs> goodbye 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 <laughs> goodbye <laughs> Forget about it. Forget Forget about it. it. I'm walking in. I'm walking in. (laughs) Hello, Sit for a Spell listeners. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? With everything going on in the world right now, James and I have been feeling the stress and have been experiencing extra anxiety. And we know a lot of you have been feeling the same way, which is why BetterHelp, that's better, H-E-L-P, may be right for you. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. That's right, Jess. And did you know you can start communicating in under 48 hours? Now, BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is actual professional counseling done securely online. There's also a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available to you in your area. The -hmm. service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly or video phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if and when you ever need to. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available, which is huge in the COVID-19 world. That is awesome. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. You can visit their website and read testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash sit for a spell. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people are using BetterHelp that they're hiring new counselors in all 50 states. Yeah, get on that. Mm -hmm. Get on this too. Special offer for Sit for a Spell listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash sit for a spell that's better h-e-l-p.com slash sit for a spell thank you for listening to this episode of sit for a spell 
Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on all social media at Sit for a Spell Pod. If you have anything you would like us to discuss or want to share your own practices, please email us at sitforaspellpod at gmail.com. Until next time, blessed be. Blessed be.